0: G'day and welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. This is episode 789. This is my interview with real estate coach, Ricky Carruth. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Cheers. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Liam Arnutsi here with you today. What a wonderful day. Coming into winter here in Australia, very fresh. Uh, probably to some of you, not fresh enough. But it is beautiful weather, beautiful winter weather here in Australia. Hope you're enjoying the weather where you are. Hope you're enjoying life wherever you are in this beautiful, lovely world of ours, guys. I'm excited today. I get to bring you an interview I did with real estate coach and real estate guru. I don't know if he'd call himself a guru, but that's what I'm saying. Man, this guy's got a ton of value to give, and that's why I brought him on the show. His name is Ricky Caruth. he's from Alabama. He's a real estate agent, he's been doing it for 17 years. Now that's some consistency, that's that's long-term game stuff right there, and that's what it's all about. So in this interview, guys, I actually reached out to him because I loved what he's all about, and he's all about relationships. He's all about relationships over transactions. And if you think about whatever you're doing in life, whether it's real estate, any other business, or just life in general, relationships are fundamental. It's a life principle, you've got to master relationships. So we talk about that, how do we master relationships? How do we build them, how do we initiate them? How do we grow? The relationships we then talk about mindset now Ricky's got a, a really strong mindset and that'll definitely show in this interview and I think it's saying you build over time as well but Ricky shares some some highlights and snippets on how we can all build our mindset guys this is a fantastic interview with Ricky Carruth he's got the uh, zero to diamond coaching platform for those real estate agents out there as well check it out let me know what you think you can jump onto the and leave your comments in the field there guys enjoy the show cheers uh, Ricky, welcome to the Hidden Wild Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for reaching out. Great to have you here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I've been waiting on it for a few weeks now, so it's um really awesome to have you here. Um, Ricky, just to give people a background, what are you all about, man? What are you up to?
1: Okay, yeah. I am uh, just turned 38. I'm over here in Alabama. I'm right on the Florida-Alabama state line. Um, I've been in real estate since 2002. Yep. I, grew up roofing, I grew up roofing houses with my father. And um, got a real estate note, too. I was 20 years old and uh, made a million dollars by the time I'm 23. I, uh, the market exploded here. Mm. And um, but being young and never had money before and coming from a blue collar family and never knew really exactly what to do with the money. So I thought I was making good decisions, but I was making bad decisions that eventually took me out. And uh, when the market crashed, I lost everything. Yeah, wow. completely bankrupt sleeping on friends' couches, slept in my car, went back to roofing houses. And, um, you know, during that time when I was so young and went through that, I was watching guys that were 50, 60 years old that were going through the same exact things. And I felt so blessed at that moment that I was so young. young. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I just I knew like I just knew that it was just a matter of time before I figured it out and came back, you know, stronger. And that's what I did. I just, I read 100 books during that time because I was really curious about why I failed. And so I read 100 books and I studied the market and I watched the agents that made it, watched the ones that had to get out of the business, like myself. And I actually landed a job on an oil rig for a while. And, um, a little bit different, uh, hey? What's that? A little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> actually, man, a, a crazy story. The first week I was there, literally almost died. Really? I, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, it was every other week, and I worked from 6 in the morning till 6 in the evening, one week. And then when you come back, you work 6 in the evening till 6 in the morning. Right. So they switch it up on these 12-hour shifts. They switch it up every other week. And um, the first shift that I did, it was nights. It was 6 at night till That's 6 that. in the morning. Yeah. The last day, man, of the week. The last day, the last hour of the week. All the whole crew, you know, we've been there all week. We've been living on the rig. We're ready to go home. Everybody's excited. And I was still in training, basically, you know. I was still learning. It's my first week. So they had me on this air hoist, this little machine that you pull a lever, and it it brings the pipes up, and then there's guys there grabbing the pipe and putting together and everything. And uh, every 30 minutes, we would drill a, a pipe down in the hole, called it a stand, drill it down, and then... It took it about thirty minutes to drill down. So we had to get another one ready and then after we get it ready, we're just sitting around for thirty minutes, so we'll just clean clean the rig and kinda of wait for to put another one in the ground. Well, during that thirty minute time, that gap were not up there, a piece of metal fell from like two hundred feet up mm. and crushed that air hoist machine that I've been working on all night. Yeah. So it was just like by sheer luck that I wasn't standing right there where I had been standing all night off. A matter on. of
0: minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah from when that piece of metal came down and crashed the rig four and demolished that machine that I'd been working on all night. So,
0: yeah, man. It well, was, see, that's yeah. interesting. When you come down to the last hour of that week and everyone's getting excited, people let the ball drop. Yeah, it's same in anything we do. I think like on a Friday, I just talked about this recently, like people get to the end of the week and start to relax. Yep, yeah, coming into the weekend, letting the game down. But this is the time to go. This is the time to you know, push that a little bit harder because you've only got that 30 minutes left and, and keep that focus going.
1: What was so crazy is the piece of metal that fell, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just a piece of metal that kind of got loose right. and was kind of loose up there and it just kind of worked its way to where it fell off. And uh, somebody did mention it on the rig. They were like, that that piece of metal looks a little loose. Hmm. And the and the guy that the, the manager, the, the rig manager was like, no, nah, it's all right. Let's, you know, keep going. They have a little safety chain that is supposed to catch it. But that's two. it's, I don't know how much it weighed, dude, but that little chain was not going to hold on to that piece of metal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come down. But anyway, man, long story short, I got laid off from the oil rig and I started to like the moment of clarity for me in my life and business, you know, for the financial side of my life was when somewhere in one of those books, I realized that the whole first half of my career was all about the money. It was all about the, the, the transaction, the closing, hmm. And 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 that that was a moment for me where something clicked and I realized that that's why I lost everything. It wasn't because I made bad financial decisions, because if I would have valued relationships over transactions, then even though I lost everything and made bad financial decisions, I would have still been able to sell properties and continue to build my real estate business even through the crash. Yeah, because people don't go away. Properties don't go away. Transactions go down and the market changes, but people are still there and mm. people still buying and selling properties through any market. The closings happen every
0: day. Yeah. That was another thing that I realized. So, that, and, and what year happened. was this? This was just after the crash then? You lost this everything? seven.
1: And- this was 2007. Gotcha. What's so crazy is, is that everybody in America, they talk about the crash and they talk about 2008 because that was when the stock market crashed. Hmm. But, however, real estate markets, you know, our real estate market started to come down in 2005. And it was a slow, you know, it was slowly came down. And um, by 2007, I had figured all this stuff out. And by 2008, I was back in business. But different parts of the country experienced different years where their where their market went down. You yeah. know, my market started to come down in 2005. California, it was a little later. You know, so different areas experienced different things during that time. but. Real estate, definitely all over the country he had already began to come down considerably before the stock market actually crashed in 2008. Mm. Um, you know, so by 2008, I was back in real estate, and uh, I was back in business and making it happen by then. Um, but But one thing that was a big moment for me was that when I realized closings happen every day regardless of market conditions, and this is true for any industry, I believe. When I look at any industry – I'm thinking, you know, transactions happen every day, regardless, you know, yeah. like the worst of recessions, people still need automobiles. Yeah. And the worst of recessions, people are still buying toothbrushes and they're going out to eat, they're going on vacations. And it, it made me realize that business is a 100 million percent unlimited hmm. Hmm. for everybody. And yeah. there's no competition, there's yeah. no competition. The only competition that, it, that exists is the competition that you put on yourself through living in this world of scarcity, where if business is scarcity, you know, if if there's only so much business and you're trying to get your piece of the pie, then you're putting that on yourself by looking at the situation wrong. Yeah. When in reality, it's totally unlimited. All your competitors are actually not your competitors. They're actually your teammates. Hmm. You know, you should all work together, you know, for the bigger cause. So that was a big thing for me, too, so... Yeah, I got back in
0: real estate and just started crushing it and I built it, built my little empire and I'm still going. So back in the real estate about 2008? Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Now, you've been doing over 100 sales a year. Um, I mean, not everyone that listens to this show is in real estate, um, but I mm-hmm. think I, the reason why I brought you on the show, I'm in real estate, obviously, and I came across you and I, I loved your mindset and I loved your message You know, I love what you're all about. And I think the lessons that you had in that period of your life is really what's transformed you. Um, And I I can sort of relate because I had, um, you know, a few years back I was in real estate and then I had a little break, went over to Japan and now I'm back in it again and I feel that there's a level of maturity that has come with that experience and maybe just life has all come together now and I'm just starting to realize that it is more about the relationships as well and, and perhaps it's because I don't really care as much about the money anymore, you know, there's other priorities in my life, I've got two young girls and, you know, it's about family and these sort of things. Um, but there's something transitioning there, and that's why I really relate to your message about relationships. So let's just talk a little bit about that. I mean, because I think life is about relationships, no matter what you do. I mean, life, survival is about the relationships. So how did you come to that realization that it is the relationships in your life that really matter and nothing else?
1: Literally, it was when at the bottom of the market, when I was still working on the oil rig, and and I and I noticed that some of my clients that I that that I represented when the market was good and I was in real estate and then got out of real estate, those same clients were still buying stuff at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And like, in my my mind, there was only so much business and and there was so little business at the time. There's not enough for me. I got to get out of the business. Yeah. But then years later, before I got back in real estate... That was a big aha moment for me was I realized that some of the clients that I had before were still buying. And that that was what clicked with me. And I was like, wait a minute, if I would have actually maintained the relationship with these people through this, then I would have been representing them on these deals Mm. at the bottom. Yeah. And and that was something that was real big to me that opened my mind up. In my eyes to the fact that it's relationships that run this world and run run business and make it makes everything you know spin
0: um that so was are a, big a o- sort of outgoing guy like are you really easy to connect with because i know there's probably a lot of people myself included that sometimes i feel very awkward in social situations you know and and for me a relationship is built on really connecting with people are you one of those just outgoing connect connecting people that find it absolutely easy
1: I'm absolutely. Uh, I consider myself an introvert. Right. Like I don't want to get into these social conversations at the at the grocery store, and you know, like I, I I'm I'm avoiding those weird conversations with strangers and stuff like that. So do you go out to yep. like group meetings and and things like that, yeah, networking meetings. No, yeah, like like there's people out there, like you say, that they'll talk to anybody, yeah, and like they'll make friends with anybody. Yeah. And I can do that. I just not. I'm just not. I just. For some reason, that's just not me. Now, Hmm. what I do really well is is when I encounter someone in business, okay, then I make them feel super comfortable. I think the number one objective for any business owner, any salesperson, the number one objective is is to make your clients and prospects feel comfortable, Hmm. not only with you, but just comfortable in general. Yeah. Right? And so... Like when I say when I encounter people in business, I was I used to serve tables at a seafood restaurant. And, you know, when they came in, when 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 people sat at one of my tables, I would go there immediately and, you know, I would make them feel comfortable with me. Now, that is a business. Those those are those are clients, you know, like and, and, and when you look at that, because those are clients to the restaurant and now you're representing them to get their food and um, I was really good, yeah. you know, at talking to people and you know making them feel comfortable, making them laugh, A of hospitality, them- yeah, yes, 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 and the service and everything else. So it all goes hand in hand. And so I think the number one thing is is we got to make people feel comfortable with us, who we are, that we're there to help them. So how do we do that? I like to call it FE, friend or family effect. You give them the FE, which is. You want to talk to them like they are your friend or family member, like they're your mom, dad, brother, cousin. And and so so how do we do it? How do we how do we talk to our clients like they're our friends or family, like they're our best friend or they're our mom or dad or brother? I, I have this little exercise and literally what I do is, is I, I I tell my my you know people that I mentor, I say, next time you're talking to your best friend, your mom, your dad. Hmm. I want you to take a mental snapshot of that moment in time when you're talking to them. And I want you to think about how comfortable you are with them and they are with you. The tone of your voice, even your body language, you know, because when you're on the phone with someone and you're tense because you're nervous, they can sense it.
2: Hmm.
1: Then they become nervous and now they're wondering red flags are shooting up and they're wondering what's wrong here. And then they start to shut down and hang up on you or you know, or, or just say, you know, not right now or start to shut down. Whereas if you would have talked to them like they're a friend or family and you're very calm, you're you're very comfortable, the, the way you make people feel comfortable with you is being comfortable with them. Yeah. Even though they're a stranger. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's so key. I think that that's really And, like that, and the that's st- the
0: hard part for a lot of people is trying to find that ability to be comfortable in front of people. And I love the idea of, you know, treat them like they're your friend or family, you know, when you're talking to them. Even though it's about business, be, you know, because that'll – Put your barriers down, you'll be comfortable. And it'll just be like having a normal chat. And you find when you do that, people are just open up because you're vulnerable. People love that vulnerability.
1: Well, you know what happens is is they basically beg you to do the deal with you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't have to try to convert. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they now they're begging you. Like, you know, my I I realize like the quickest way to get somebody to sign a contract or to, to buy something or sell something Is to not try to get them to buy or sell something. Yeah, you literally go in there and you say, "Why are you wanting to do this?" And you try to figure out what the deeper reason is behind what they're doing. And you listen. The hidden why.
0: That's that's how this podcast started. There you
1: go. There you go. It's it it is. It's the hidden why. And a lot of a lot of salespeople and business owners, they they don't even think about the why behind the motives of their clients, they're just trying to get their clients to take action and buy
0: their products. Yeah, it's just transaction focused. transaction and, and, and mentality.
1: If, right, and if they would flip that from transactional to relational and actually figure out why they're trying to do what they're trying to do and listen, what happens is magical you now turn that prospect into 10 to 20 deals, 10 to 20 transactions over the life of your career through repeat business referrals and referrals of referrals because you made them so comfortable because you weren't going after the deal. Hmm. And they're, see, they're going to do the deal anyway. They've already decided that they're going to do this deal. They're going to buy this product. They're going to do this. They're going to sell that. They're, they've already made the decision. Yeah. Now they're just looking for somebody who's going to make them feel comfortable right enough to represent them
0: on this purchase. Well, I think once and, they feel comfortable, that's when they start building that trust and they go, okay, I trust this guy. Like he's, yeah. you know, feel comfortable with right. him. We're getting along. Yeah, I could see myself doing so business you here. You
1: haven't even asked them to buy or sell anything. Yeah. You're just saying, hey, how are you doing? I'm enjoying the days in a gorgeous. You know, is there anything I can do for you? Um, you know, why do you want to do this?
0: Yeah. And all this. Stuff. Making you, it you about them, not about you.
1: Yeah, you haven't tried to mm. convert at all. And that's what's, yeah. to me, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because all the sales training out there, most of it hmm. is revolved around trying to figure out what the client can do for the salesperson. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is teach salespeople how to figure out what the salespeople can do for the client.
0: Yeah. See? And I think that's where I found the difference too. Because I know going into my real estate career several years ago, I was certainly learning all that transactional techniques and skill. You know, that's what I was being taught. Um, and so I'd go out there and I felt very uncomfortable. I didn't feel like myself. I couldn't just be me because I was all about how do I be this business, you know, transactional dude. And and man, it just, I mean, it worked. I still had some good success, but it, it, um, wasn't sustainable, um, because it made me feel uncomfortable too. You know, I hated being that suit wearing dick that would show up to these meetings with people. Um, and, and I've learned that, you know, going into a previous sales role as well, that if i can just make people feel comfortable, build the rapport, build that relationship, um the business will come from there, it'll just flow.
1: You know, you know what you know what's you know what's interesting there is, and this is what i always say, yeah, is that is that is that during that time that you were doing that, what see see you you are a hardworking person, you care about your clients, you want the best for them, so on and so forth, okay? However, the way that you were trained was not communicating who you really are, this caring, hardworking person, you weren't communicating that to your clients. You no. were communicating that you were just there to do a deal. Yeah, And see, there's a disconnect between how you were connecting and how you actually, who you actually were and how you were communicating. Yeah. So, and so what I'm trying to do is teach people how to communicate who they are, hmm. that they care about people with their clients. Communicate that to your clients, not You know, the and and what's so funny, they get the training like you got and they they work for a while, but it's not sustainable, like you said, because you're just trying to high pressure everybody. You don't have any repeat business. You don't have any referrals because you scare them all away with your high pressureness. And, you know, down the line, you end up having to quit the business. And you don't know why. Hmm. You did everything your coach told you. You did everything the training books told you to do. And here you are in an unsustainable situation. You're thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, nothing's wrong with you. You've been you've been trained backwards. You've been trained to figure out what the client can do for you. and And that's why I'm out here doing podcasts like this to try to spread my message, to try to help people understand that there's a different way. And we don't have to high-pressure people, and we can build or build a huge – this is how you build a huge business mm. Mm. is by is, – is by. see, it doesn't matter to me if my clients want to buy or sell something or not. And if they want to waste all the time in the world uh, uh, with me, great, because I'm not there to try to get them to buy or sell anything. I'm there to help them accomplish what they want to accomplish. Yeah. And what happens is magical. I acquire so many clients. Even if they buy or sell or not, I acquire so many clients, whereas – one day they're gonna buy or sell. Yeah, and that one day comes sooner than you think. Hmm. You know, a year goes by like that.
0: Ah, oh, and then suddenly you're getting calls left, right, and center, and you just don't know where yes. they're coming from. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, this five years, you build a database of you know a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people who you didn't high pressure, who you treat, who you treat like family that are that are in your market of yeah. whatever you yeah. whatever business you're in. You have a huge business and then you keep building it. I'm yeah. up to 12,000 people. Wow. 12,000 people on my database that get a weekly email every single Wednesday that's since huge. 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's been the foundation of
0: my business. I built my brand with my weekly email. That's awesome. Let's talk about this because I know we're we're putting it into real estate context, but I think the the value of this is about the relationship and that reply that that relates to anyone's business because I I can't think of too many businesses where it's not about people, yeah? Whether you're a manager in a store that doesn't actually deal with the outside public, you're still a people manager, you know, you're dealing with people inside the office. So it's about the relationships. How do we go about just initiating that relationship? Because I understand, you know, it's about being comfortable and and I think, you know, being yourself as well in those situations. And I certainly, just going back a step for a second, found that, you know, when I was going in there as a transactional agent, I was transacting and so I was losing a lot of business and I was getting some, but after I got some business, um, then I was myself and we built really good relationships. So I did get you know, referrals and repeat businesses from the clients I work with, but I was losing the ones that I was treating as a transaction initially. So it mm. wasn't the way to go, but how do we go about, because I know um, we can be comfortable if we're just not treating it as a transaction. So that will help us be more comfortable and therefore them be comfortable. But how do we initiate that relationship?
1: Well, and to add to what you're just saying, you were losing people that didn't want to do a deal today. Yeah. Like yeah. like like you were being trained to find motivated buyers and sellers. Yeah. And if they're not motivated to do anything soon, then throw them away. And what I'm saying is collect everybody, whether they want to buy or sell, or do business, or whatever industry you're in, hmm. if they don't want to do business today, that's, okay. that's fine. Hmm. Let's, let's still develop that relationship for later yeah and let's capture everybody. Why are we throwing anybody away? Yeah, right? These are people that will do business later. There's a good chance, yeah, and it's a numbers game. Some people may never do business, but why would we throw away the opportunity of somebody that may do business later? But the thing is for
0: that person that may never do business anyway, they're still talking about you if you're making them feel comfortable if you're offering some sort of level of value or just you know friendship. Some of my best clients
1: never bought or sold anything with me, yeah. They literally, I showed them property they never bought, and but they've told three or four people about I me that have
2: bought.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, how do you I mean, offer that value? Like, as, as, a, as a real estate agent, I suppose, where we're coming from, how do you, you know, because not everyone wants to talk real estate and, you know, I'm not selling for another 10 years. So, why do I want to talk to Ricky? How do you then build that relationship for someone that, you know, perhaps doesn't want to talk to you?
1: It's literally how are you doing? Yeah. How are you doing? You know, like, I'm enjoying the day. Isn't it gorgeous? Hmm. You know, it's like, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but a house around the corner sold. It doesn't even have to be real estate. You know, I've got cell phones here for sale. I'm doing car washes. You know, I roof houses. I didn't know if there's anything in the world I could do for you. And so what you're doing is, is you're throwing it out there of what industry you're in, right? You're throwing it out there, so now they know what you're doing, but then you're indirectly asking them if you can do business with them because you're you're throwing it out there, and then right behind it you're saying, and I didn't know if there's anything in the world I could do for you yeah, and you're not directly saying, "Hey, can I come measure your roof up to roof your house yeah or uh, can I you know can I offer you a cell phone to buy?" Yeah. all I said was is I have cell phones for sale down here. I'm at the Verizon store,
0: and I didn't know if there's anything in the world I could do for you,
2: yeah, yeah you know? so, so it's about so, being
0: caring. It's about showing some empathy, some compassion. Yeah, yeah, it's a,
1: it's about, like we said, treating them like family, talking to them just like they're family. your family.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? But here's the kicker, here's the kicker. People value, like, what you have to do, if you want something from someone, somebody, right, you have to give them something first. Yeah. Okay, so what do we give them? How can we give them something? Mm. Okay. What we have that we can give them is time. Yeah. We can give them time by listening to what they're saying. Right. And and getting into these conversations. If you can get people talking and then you listen, you're not trying to cut them off every second. You're not, you know, you're, you're listening and you're trying to figure out, you're trying to read them.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, are they happy, mad, glad, sad? Or did they just want somebody to talk to? Because a lot of people, you know, they, they get sales calls, and you know, they get a hundred of them a day, and it just—they're just tired of people trying to sell them stuff. Absolutely. And if they could, yeah, hear if it they, all the time. <laughs> if they could hear from a salesperson or a business owner who is not trying to just cram their product down their throat, yeah. Try to sell on something so hard, hmm. and they they just you know, and, and they just want to talk. Then you're creating a friendship, and you're and you're 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 starting to initiate this relationship. And from there, you know it's like no, you know we we're good. We just got a new roof, you know we're we're good right now. Okay, cool. Well, is is there a roofer in the area that you would work with, you know, or what's your situation there? Is is the door open for me to begin this relationship with you? As your roofer for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And if so, and if not, then, you know, I would love to stay in touch with you. And then you can maybe get their email or maybe you can, you know, get their Facebook. Maybe, you know, follow them on Instagram. You can, you know, phone number, address, however, whatever your mechanism is to stay in touch with people. But what you have to do is, is you have to, you have to have a really, um, like a real conversation with them. Not a sales pitch conversation, but like a real conversation to yeah. go a little bit deeper than your normal salesperson. And that gives a really good first impression. And then on the back end, you have to follow that up with some kind of technology that stays in touch with them very consistently forever. Yeah. And then they forget you. So they got the first conversation. They're like, man, that guy was really nice. Now I'm getting an email from him every week. Or I'm getting a text, or I'm getting a something in the mail, a postcard, or whatever. Whatever you do to stay in touch Same. with people, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and so, then that starts to build your brand mm. with that person. And now we do this across thousands of people that are that could be possible, you know, um,
0: clients of ours. Absolutely. Something that came out there is, you know, that everyone is waiting to go for someone else to go first, basically, and everyone wants to talk. Everyone wants to talk about themselves. And I know that when, you know, in in our jobs that when you're ringing people, not everyone wants to talk, so that's fine, you know. Okay, no worries, sorry to bother. But um, the ones that do, if you, you know, ask a few questions that get them talking, people love to talk about themselves. And once you do that, that's just a conversation. And I just love those conversations because I never know where they're going to go. I never know what I'm going to find out. And it's just amazing Mm -hmm. um, what people are willing to share, you know. It's really enjoyable.
1: Yeah, once you get them talking then you know that they're comfortable. That's yeah. a sign that they are feeling comfortable with you. And that's when you know that you're on the right path with this person and you just got to think long-term and like the quickest way to short-term money is to, is to think long-term hmm. is to not go after the deal It's to think, okay, this person might buy something in a year. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're talking to them. You're not pressuring them. You're not trying to get them to do anything. Next thing you know, they're telling you they're ready to do something. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it's, opposite of what you hear out there and i've had a little pushback from some of the high pressure guys saying oh that doesn't work you know if you want to call a million people get emails and send a weekly email and hopefully one day they call you then great dude I've got over 15,000 agents in my coaching program, my free coaching program, and people are getting listings and closing deals their first week, like they're getting listings and buyers and stuff their first week. Yeah. And so so you build, when you you think about it like this, you think about business being unlimited, closings happening every day, and you think about this long term approach to to business and, and, and this long term approach to prospecting then you you put yourself in a position where, number one, you can't lose, yeah. and number two, you're building your business for now to pay your bills, but you're also building
0: an even bigger business for the future, and you're doing it all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that long-term game, and I think that's a shift too that certainly happened for me when I went from my 20s to my 30s and starting to realize that it's it's a long-term, you know? It's a long-term game. So look, let's just be patient and go with it, and that's because I'm probably very impatient, you know, and I was just trying to chase the now money. Um, but you know, it is a long term game. So just enjoy that process, enjoy the ride. If you can actually enjoy what you do, then it's gonna be fun anyway. Dude, people base their
1: happiness on what they want. Yeah. Like if somebody wants a million dollars a year, then that's what they're basing their happiness on, and now they're unhappy because they're not there yet. Hmm. And so so they just stay at this in this state of unhappiness until they get there. Well, that's not gonna happen overnight. But when they get there, if they ever do, they realize, wait a minute, that's not as grand and as and as great as I thought it was. Yeah. Because now I made, a, I made a million dollars. I spent a half a million on taxes and living. Now I have a half a million left over. I don't want to spend that. I want that to be my net worth. So now I'm going to invest that somewhere. and I can't touch it. And so now I'm back to being broke. And so now, now what? What you know, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So and if they spend it all, then it's gone quickly, and where you're right back to zero. So. Then they're like, okay, I'm not gonna be happy till I get to ten million. And so you stay in a state of unhappiness. Keep chasing. Keep chasing. What you have to do is you have to be happy with where you are right now. Right? Wherever you are in your life, you've got to be happy with that moment, knowing that you're putting the daily work in and the daily actions to get where you wanna be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's what you need to base your happiness on is how much effort you're exerting on a daily basis. Not not getting the million but actually the fact that you're putting in the work to get the million and that's what makes you happy and that's what helps you go to sleep at night being happy and so it it gets into a deeper realm of of a philosophy around what makes you happy you know because there's a lot of people
0: out there that are just unhappy because they haven't
1: they haven't made a million dollars
0: yet they're attaching themselves to some sort of future expectation that's just not there and they have everything right in
1: front of them it comes back to what you just said about patience, you know, my four keys to success, right? You got to believe a hundred percent work hard and then you have to adapt. And then the last one is you got to be patient. And so like if somebody's not successful or not as successful as they want to be, I can talk to them for like five minutes and I can tell you which one or two of these four principles that they're lacking in because th- you have to have all four. Right. And so like if, if you're in if, like, This dwindles it down. It narrows down the population because a lot of people believe. But out of those people, very few actually work hard as well. And out of the people that believe and work hard, even fewer adapt, figure out what works, what doesn't work. A lot of people just do the same stuff over and over and over again. And then out of the people that believe, work hard and adapt, even fewer are also patient enough Mm. to let it happen. And so, you know, I I I always believed, worked hard and adapted really well. I was missing the patience part for a long time. It took me a while to realize that 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 was the missing piece for me Gotcha. because I was always unhappy because I was trying to I was always trying to achieve this goal that I kept pushing out further and further. Every time I would hit it or get close, I would make it a bigger goal. Yeah. And so it's always just in this hamster wheel of trying to achieve something that I could never reach, you know. And so at some point you have to be very happy with where you are and satisfied but yet still extremely hungry, you know? Gotcha. And like, my, my happiness comes from the daily work. Like, I don't focus on the results. I don't wake up and say, I want to make a million dollars this year. I focus on, I I, I want to work as hard as I can this year. Yeah. And, and, if, and if at the end of the year, I only make a half a million, I'm happy with that because I know
0: that... You've given it your best effort. You've
1: given it everything yeah. I have. That's what came out the other side. I can't control if the market crashes. I can't control if... You know, people pick up the phone or clients do this or that. I can't control, you know, deals falling through. I yeah. can't control. Yeah. I just have to let that stuff happen and just keep and keep focused with what
0: I need to do on a daily basis to progress. Yeah. It's very stoic, you know, you know, control what's in front of you right now. Um, let's just talk about that because I think that's the other thing that I really connected with you is about your your mindset, your mentality. Um, and you've just spelled out a couple of good things that we can go straight into, which was belief. Your work ethic, work hard, adaptability, you know, ability, you know, just courage, I guess, to go out there and keep trying different things. Don't give up. I guess that's the uh, that's the adaptability, consistency as well, and then patience. You know, just keep doing it and find the joy in the process of working hard. I mean, I love working hard. I don't think I could. I actually get really frustrated if I'm not doing something, whether it's the podcast or working in real estate, um, whatever it is. You know, if it's on weekends, I'm loving, I'm cooking, I'm doing work in the kitchen. You know, Um, that's just what we love let's just go back to step one belief. Now, a lot of people do believe in something, but they don't have that deep belief. They're not connected to a a deeper motivation there. They're why I call it, you know, how do we go about developing that? Because I I think, you know, part of me just thinks it's, it's something that comes with time. You know, you just have to try these things and figure things out. And slowly you'll get to, okay, well, this is what's really important to me. And that's when you really develop the belief. But can you help people um, connect with the belief and and really develop that?
1: I think that the biggest problem out there. Is that people believe ninety seven percent, yeah, ninety eight percent, ninety nine point two percent, but they don't a hundred percent believe. Yeah, they don't. They're not a hundred percent all in with what they're trying to accomplish. And that two percent, that point seven percent of them of themselves that doesn't believe that they can do it is what's going to bring them down. You have to a hundred. And 10 million percent believe in your why. Okay. Yeah. What your bigger mission is and that you can achieve it. You have to go all in. And it's like, um, you know, it's like parents who say, okay, you know, you have this dream, you know, uh, you know, my child, you have this dream and you want to do this, this thing. Okay. But let's just, let's just do good in school and let's, let's go to college just in case. And what you're doing is you're taking that that child's belief and you're giving them a plan B in case this doesn't work out. And so that plan B creates doubt that the dream can come true because you're giving them a plan B. Look, no plan B. Let's just say this is the only way that this is going to happen is for me to accomplish this. And let's go all in here. right? And that's the way you have to think. It has to be one or nothing right? And if it doesn't work out, then we'll figure out what plan B needs to be, but we gotta go all in with what we have right here. Like, my mission right now, what makes me jump out of bed, and and it's always a moving target. Like, whatever your big why is, is always changing. Yeah. Like, it's never, it's not gonna be the same, you know, forever. It might be the same forever, but most people, it's gonna change as you grow older, as you have different, you know, values, and, you know, you you have a family, and different things happen. Um, But, like, I got into coaching 2 years ago. Yeah. You know, and like up to that point it was just real estate and just trying to succeed and be number 1 and all that. But then when I got into coaching I realized, wait a minute, now I have a different why. And that is cuz I want to reduce the failure rate in the real estate industry. Hmm. That's the whole basis and mission behind what I'm doing. Yeah. And and, and so that makes me jump out of bed at 4:30 in the morning and start working on and sending emails to my coaching students. Um, so that they're, they're, they've got their head on right for the day and they have their morning motivation to get out there and crush it. And, and that's what drives me, you know, and I'm, I'm just like all in with, with this mission.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, There's nothing else. There's not another option. Like it's going to happen. That's what I'm doing. And it's already happening because I'm getting messages from agents all the time about they were going to quit until they found me seven months ago and now sold. 20 properties since then Mm. because they've adopted the relationships over transactions mentality and they're applying it to their business and it's working for them. So um, yeah, you, you have to, as far as trying to find your why, trying to figure out what your mission is, don't force it. Number one, like you, you should, you, you're, you're, if you don't have a big why, if you don't have a focus, you don't have like a, a, a belief right now, then your focus and your belief and your big why should be that I'm going to outwork every single person that is anywhere close to me. I'm going to be the hardest working person. And being the hardest worker means that you're putting in more work than everybody, even when no one's watching you. When it's just you in a room. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, I like and, that. And you, and you could literally slack off because no one's watching. Right. But you will know, number one, and they will eventually find out because the work's not being done. Yeah. See, it's like when you're making phone calls or when you're prospecting, if you're a salesperson and you're in this office and you're making your calls and everything, nobody's in there with you and you can make the calls or not make the calls. Yeah. But eventually in three months, people are going to know if you made the calls or not, because you're either going to have sales or you're not going to have sales. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you don't
1: have sales, then you know that we didn't do the work. If you make the sales, then we know, man, this person did must have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. And so you have to be that person that's putting in the work behind the scenes. Um, even when no one's watching, you just have to love the hard work part. So if you don't have a big why, if you don't have a belief, don't force it. It'll come to you.
2: Yeah. But yeah. in the
1: meantime, let's work on the fact that we want to outwork everyone. Yeah. Where there's no doubt, no doubt in anyone's mind, who wants it more?
0: Yeah, yeah. I love it. So with your, you know, real estate, your focus there, that's all you're doing, uh what, for ten years thereabouts, before you started really focusing on the coaching?
1: Well, no, I've been in it for seventeen years, fifteen years. I did uh fifteen years, you had a little break there. And I'm still I'm still a full time agent. Yeah, yeah. Still a full time agent doing hundred deals a year. Yeah, I did have a break there between 05 and oh8 Yeah. I didn't sell a single thing for maybe two and a half years but i was still i was still a licensed agent and i was still studying the market and i was still looking for opportunities and i was still trying to figure it out so just because i wasn't selling anything i don't consider myself out of the business even though i was out of the business and doing yeah. other things i was still working towards um you know still educating you know, yourself and and working I towards was still, it yeah, i was still i was to me i was still a real estate agent i just
0: wasn't <laughs> i wasn't selling anything at the time so so that says a couple of things to me is, is number one, it's a long-term game, you know, 15 years. It's it's not going to happen over, overnight. Um, but the other thing I think as well is that belief. How did you find, because real estate can be one of those really tough, tough games. I guess any sales game can be, you know, with the, the mentality, the mindset um, where you just, you know, you have a couple of missed opportunities and people then start doubting themselves. They start doubting that belief. What did you do to really, just keep pushing forward. I mean, was it just all about the work ethic? So, no, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep pushing myself. I'm just going to keep making the calls. What was it for Ricky about, you know, really maintaining that level of belief?
1: Well, a couple of things there. Number one, you said about when people lose deals and stuff. Losing deals is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you because you learn something, A, but B, you get future time back that you don't have to spend on that deal anymore that you lost. Yeah. Now you can take that future time. See, time's the most valuable asset, right? So now you have future time. you got time back that you can now spend to go get more deals because it's unlimited. Yeah. And and people sit around sulking about the deals that got away when they should be spending that future time they just got back trying to build more business and help more people. Yeah. See, when you sit around sulking, you're taking time away from future clients that need your help. Hmm so you can't control the results like I said let the results happen if the deal falls through that's fine let's go get five more deals yeah but but as far as like what drives me and how did I always from when I was a little kid I I knew that I wanted to help people yeah it's always been a thing for me I always wanted to help people so when I got you know I started out roofing houses with my father and that's where I learned the work ethic and then I said, okay, these correlate helping people and working hard. I know one day I'll work so hard that I'll have enough money where I can help people, where I can turn around and help people. That was the goal for me as a kid. So when I got in real estate, literally the reason I got in real estate was like I want to help people. So I wanted to help first time homebuyers. And when I got in the business and I realized pretty quickly after helping a few first time homebuyers how much work that is and how easier the investors were and how much more money I could make with the investors. So I slowly started to get away from that helping people mentality and move more into the make money transactional agent mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, like I said, is what eventually brought me down. And so when I came back, and, and two, a note, um, because you said you know it took 15 years. When I got back in the business in 2008, is when I realized all of this relationships over transaction stuff. Yeah. And it took me from then to 2014 to get to 100 deals a year. So it was six years. And this is after I realized everything I'm telling you. This is after I had the Ricky Cruz mentality of unlimited business, closings happen every day, no competition, everything's a win-win, losing deals are the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. It still took me six years of 15 hours a day to get to those 100 deals a year. Yeah. So um, So that's a long
0: time to persevere and keep pushing yourself through, you know, and then focusing on that one thing.
1: It was. It was. But I wanted I I was so focused. I so believed. Yeah. And I knew like I knew it because when I when I first got back in the business in 2008 and I started testing these philosophies and I started treating people like family, I saw the reaction of them. And, and I knew that, that I was on the right track because they were in turn treating me like family
2: yeah, and taking gotcha. me
1: out to dinner and, and, and showing me this and telling me personal stuff. And I was like, okay, I think this is, this is, I think I hit the nail on the head with this. And so I just started implementing and I wanted to spread it across as many people in my market as I could and let them know I'm here to help you not to sell you. And um, yeah. And so once I hit that Hunter deals, I said, okay, I did it. However, I'd been there before and lost it all. Yeah. And so I didn't oh, trust it still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. So, so, I wanted, so I let about three years go by of doing 100 deals a year before yeah. I said, okay, I think that this is something I need to share with the world. And that's when it. I started. Yeah, yeah, that's when I started. I, I
0: had to like validate myself
1: to validate you know, what I was doing to myself. Well, you got to
0: validate that belief, you know? Okay. Well, it just didn't happen yeah. by fluke. Let me just give this another couple of years, see how it go. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And that's
1: what a lot of coaches do. They'll sell property for two years and not even have a really great, you know, track record. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, now they're a coach.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like, are you kidding me? You know? So I did it the right way.
2: Yeah. Which and is I, good news.
1: I pride myself on being patient and, 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 you know, really making sure about things, you know, before I, you know, it's like now that I'm I'm doing really well, I have a lot of followers and everything. Companies reach out to me wanting me to push their products. And I'm like, you know, the, the companies that I do push their products, I use them in my business and have been for years. I stand behind them because I use them in my business. I can't just take a, a company just out of the blue. I don't know anything about you and start trying to push you to purely for the know, transaction. Yeah. 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 It's good. My clients, you know, I have to make sure,
0: You know, I have to really do my homework and make sure everything's good, you know. So I think the other thing that I'm I'm picking up on too is that over that, you know, that six years of just really pushing yourself, there's got to be, and you you pointed it out here, step three is adaptability. You're always trying new things and figuring things out. Okay, that that didn't quite work out. And I think, you know, if you lose a listing, yes, there's an abundance of opportunity out there. Yes, there's more time given back to me to, to go after new business. But there's a level of adaptability that I'm sure too, where you go, okay, well, what what could have I done better there? Oh, dude, um, you're
1: always a student. Yeah, you know, and like people, um, you know, think about this student versus master. Mm. A master is just the, the 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 hungriest student in the room. Yeah, you know, like a master is somebody who is continuously learning things, trying new things. Trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, eliminating things that don't work, adding more to the things that do work, you know, trying new things, you know, and and always stair stepping up, you know, like, you know, you you have you have something working good. Okay, great. Now we're going to add a few more things. Oh, we found something that works really good. We're going to add that to what we're doing. Yeah. Now we just leveled up a little bit because now we have two things that are working really good. Yeah. OK, we're going to keep those two things going while we're looking for a third thing. And we might try out three or four things to find that third thing. And then, boom, we find it. Boom. We add that to the two that are doing. Now we've got three things that are going really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so
1: you just continuously. And, and, and like you said it earlier, people are scared. There's a, you know, they're scared to step out there mm. and try new things. They're scared to spend money on certain marketing ideas. They're scared to get on camera. You know, they're scared to post stuff. They're scared to, you know, cold call. They're scared to get out of their comfort zone. You know, they're scared to public speak. They're scared of everything. Mm. And I think that that's, that's the key. You know, they're scared. And this is a big one. People are scared to overwhelm themselves with business. Yeah. Because they feel like their customer service is going to go down if they get 20 clients calling you at the same time. They're like, oh, God. I invite that kind of thing because I'll let them all leave a message and I'll spend all day calling each one of those clients back to see what I can do to help them. Those are all hot leads that are coming in. Yeah. Um, So people are scared to overwhelm yourself with business. Look, you have to overwhelm yourself with business because once you realize that business is unlimited Your success is now predicated on how much you can personally handle mentally. Yeah. How much business, how many deals at one time can you handle? Hmm. And that's what your success is going to be predicated on. Now, how do you know how much you can handle? Right. And I refer to it as your cup. How big is your cup? Everybody has a different size cup. You know, some people can handle a couple of things. Some people can handle multiple things. And so what you have to do is you have to overwhelm yourself with business to figure out how much you can handle. Right. Yep. Right? You have to overwhelm yourself and really just put a lot of money in marketing for one day and see what happens. Make a thousand phone calls in a week and see what happens. Really, really go over the top to overwhelm yourself with some business to figure out where your breaking point is. And now you know how, how much you can that handle. Yeah. Right. Now you can scale back to right where you're comfortable enough with how much you can handle versus, you know, what your output's going to be from that, and mm. what what you feel like the results may be, yeah. and then and you stay right there at just about a full cup, and that and that's how you reach your full potential over time. It's keeping as much as you can handle
0: at all given times. Yeah, yeah, that's a, makes perfect sense. With your um with your ability to focus on that one thing, and now you're doing the coaching as well. Um, perhaps you can share some examples of how you balance those two things out. You seem quite busy. But the other things that come into mind as well, and you said it perfectly, you know, you've got to keep trying these things out. You've got to keep learning. And that's not just with business, that's with your life as well. And like, you know, for a morning routine, for example, you know, are you going to be doing the yoga? Are you going to go for a run? Are you going to do some meditation? What works for you? What feels good for you? And then adapt those things into your life. If it's if it's not right, then then clear it out. How do you find in life to keep... You know things minimalistic, I suppose, without overwhelming yourself, so you're doing all these different things that perhaps aren't really helping you with your ultimate goal anyway
1: I think the biggest thing is it's all mental, it's yeah. all mindset and yeah. i think I think the biggest thing, the biggest part of this is my ability not to worry about things. People worry so much. They worry about how this deal is going to go. They worry about what this prospect is going to do. They worry about this. They worry about that. And all that worry clogs your brain up. And it blocks you from from, from being able to, to produce more and to help more people. And so what I do is I let the process take care of itself. Like, yeah. you know, I'm in real estate. So when I get a deal under contract, I'm not really focused too much more on that deal. I'm mm. going to let it just close. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of little things I may do here or there or whatever, but I'm not going to spend hardly any time on that. That deal's done. It's either going to close or it isn't. It's kind of out of my hands now. The buyer wants to buy it and the seller wants to sell it or they don't. And if if a fire pops up and they get mad at each other, I'm going to do what I can to make them all happy and make it close. But until that happens, I'm not going to sit around worried about it. I'm going to spend that time trying to do more things yeah. and yeah. more people. yeah. And so so uh, how do you
0: how do you bring the uh, the the stress and the worry out of your life, Ricky? What do you do?
1: I literally don't think about it. Yeah. I, I I well well to be honest, like I see where you're going with it. I get up at four thirty. Yeah. And, and I spend an hour working on my coaching business from yeah. four thirty to five thirty, and then I get ready. I go. I ride my bike to the gym. I'm there by six. Three hour three uh, three miles away. So from six to seven, I'm working out in in the in the gym, and I ride my bike back that, that time in the gym is, it helps me, it help. it's kind of a meditation. It it, it really helps me focus. Yeah. You your mindset for the day. Yes. Yes. You know, when I do that, I feel like I've won, Mm -hmm. I've won the day. Um, if I get up, if I do my video, if I send my email out and I go to the gym, um, you know, I, I feel like I want to come back, I have a really good breakfast, And then I'm ready. Now I'm at the office before eight o'clock. Now when I get to the office at eight o'clock, I have a 30 minute meeting with myself where I'm sitting there and I focus and I make a list of everything that's the most, that's the highest priorities. And then I just go from there. After that, I have a meeting with my assistant and we talk about what we need to do to help each other, you know, accomplish everything we need to accomplish. And then from there, whatever's on that list of highest priorities, I just boom, 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 start knocking them out. Before I know it, it's, it's five six o'clock, and it's the next morning at four thirty. Here's here's another thing. Um, about three or four o'clock, right? The day is starting to get away from me, right? I don't want to let it get away from me. And so what I do is, is I sit down at three or four o'clock, and I, I I review my list, yeah, and I pick out like the the top two or three or four things that have to be done today before the end of the day to make my day super successful. Like if there is a Uh, a client that I needed to get back with today before the end of the day or if there was, you know, just whatever, like certain things that have to be done today, like or if I put it off till tomorrow, that client's going to say, why didn't you email me back? You know, so like little things like that, I want to make sure I've got I want to make sure I got everybody taken care of that has to be taken care of today. And then the other things on my list, I mean, you're never going to get all the stuff done on your list ever. Yeah. So it's always going to be an ongoing list. But you want to you want around 3 or 4 o'clock, you want to take a moment and extract the most important things that's going to make that day successful. And that way, when you do leave the office at 5 or 6 o'clock, you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. You know you took care of the most important things because you had another little meeting with yourself to figure out what those things were. Yeah. And then you executed yeah good little opportunity to check in. I like it that's cool, and so that helps me that helps me not worry because I have a thirty minute meeting you know I go to the gym that helps me mentally yeah. thirty minute meeting with myself and then another little meeting towards the end of the day to make sure I'm not leaving anything hanging that it has to be done, yeah, and then that when I leave the office, i'm worry free you feel know, yeah I, I'm, I'm in the next day and just crush it again
0: yeah man, I love it, love it all um man, thanks so much for your time, Ricky coming on. there's so much more we could talk about, I'm sure. Uh, it's been a great conversation, <laughs> dude. How can, um, obviously, you've got the Zero to Diamond um, coaching platform. So that's zerotodiamond.com. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you yeah, got Ricky no, Carruth. No. You've got a podcast. Man, I love your podcast because for me, I'm just on the go and I can, you know, you're always putting out stuff. So I can just listen, constantly checking in, listening, and, and getting my mindset right as well from listening. So it's just about educating and teaching yourself. So that's out there. What else is out there? What else? How, how else can people connect? Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Instagram is really big because um, I'm putting out a lot of stuff on IGTV. And then, of course, um, you can follow me through my day on my stories. I'm yep. always posting, you know, five or ten stories a day of what I, got, what I have going on, different appointments, different things I'm thinking about. That's really, really good. Um, uh, YouTube, Ricky Carruth at YouTube. Um, you know, I just hit 20,000 about a week or so ago there, and that's growing pretty good. So, yeah, I'm just enjoying the ride, man. And, and and I answer every single Instagram DM. Yeah. So so if anybody listening has any questions for me or wants to reach out to me, feel free to hit me up on Instagram. Uh, just direct message me there and I'll get back with you uh, with whatever questions or anything I can do for you.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I can testify to that. That's how we connected. That's been awesome, man. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: I appreciate it, man. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope everybody got a lot out of it and uh you know we'll uh we're you know our our this isn't done like well i might have you on my podcast or you know something like that and like we was talking about before the show i i'm gonna get down to down there to uh, australia at some point so i definitely want to hook up
0: with you want to get down there yeah man absolutely we'll do we'll see you then guys thanks for listening hey check it out the dot and until next time peace passion purpose see you soon